2: We feel fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. uh, Please, don't... Let's not kid ourselves. I know why you're excited tonight. (laughs) Biden is in. (laughs) I know. Finally, a fresh face. (laughs) And this uh, brings the number of Democrats running for president to everybody. (laughs) Uh, Joe made the announcement on his uh, social media platform Western Union. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, I, you know what? I am going to I am going to do old jokes cuz I do everything kind of jokes. <laughs> it doesn't mean that I don't think he should be president just because he's 76. That's ageism, which is a form of bigotry like the others. Okay? That but having said that, he does have hair plugs that are older than Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Two things can be true. And I strongly disagree with those people who say Joe Biden doesn't have a vision. He doesn't have night vision. <laughs> he has vision, But, no, it's, it's, it's obvious. The, the, the woke left is not excited about this. They're like, oh, great, another white guy in the race. <laughs> so, today, Joe announced he is transitioning. <laughs> uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> the woke people love that, but then he fucked up his own gender pronoun, now they hate him again. So it's... <laughs> Now, of course, the other complaint about Joe Biden and his rollout was that it's a little light on policy, which is true, you know, he didn't offer anything like free college. Uh, but if you are stressed out about your student loans, he'll give you a shoulder <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, But, no, he was... <laughs>
2: Hey, He's brave. He went on The View today. All those huggable ladies. It's like sending a drug addict to Burning Man. I mean, it was... But... But I I, I like Joe's message. His message is different than the other candidates so far, which is there is only one issue. That's what he is saying. Donald Trump must be removed. This... This, this kind of resonates with me, because just as he was saying it, this was what was going on. Yeah, those two. Imagine what Trump thinks when he sees this. It's like being at a party, seeing your wife talking to your mistress. Uh, but, I, but I can tell that Trump is a little worried about Biden because he already got a nickname, Sleepy Joe. He's attacking Biden for being old and unfit. (laughs) Donald Trump, who is built like a melting porta potty. (laughs) This guy... He is got to give it to Trump. He's an unbelievable politician, that he can be that and attack. He said said today, I swear to God, these are Trump's exact words, I just feel like a young man. I'm so young. I can't believe it. I'm the youngest person. I am a young, vibrant man. He can talk himself into anything. Well, we'll see how vibrant he is tonight, because it's Melania's birthday. Uh, Well, the Trumps do birthdays a little different. Uh, She looks like a stripper, and he jumps in the cake. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was lovely. She made a wish and blew out the candles, but he was still there. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that, Robert Mueller. That's the big thing. We were off last week for Easter, and that was the big news that we weren't here for. The Mueller report, the full one, came out, and if you haven't read it, spoiler alert, Hope dies in the end. (laughs) It was like all the president's men meet Al Capone's vault. What the fuck? (sighs) I'm going to talk about this at the end, but I did not feel good about this Mueller report. I mean, I feel different about everything around. I learned a lot. Two weeks ago, I thought laws were almost like rules. (laughs) Now I know if an idiot does it, it's not illegal. Yeah, there was there was no prosecuting from the prosecutor. But he left breadcrumbs. Because that worked out so well for Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> anyway, we got a great show. John Avalon is here, Zelina Maxwell and Grover Norquist. And a little later I'll be speaking with my old friend Bob Custis is backstage. But first up, he is the U.S. representative for California's 28th District and the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. You know him, you love him. Adam Schiff is
1: over here. <laughs> a deafening, a deafening applause for <laughs> Congressman Schiff.
2: Well, a lot of people get standing O's, but I must say, you deserve that standing O for your not-okay speech. Thank you very much. When you made (laughs) your... Thank you. And you delivered it great, I
0: gotta ask, maybe it's impolite, was that an ad lib, that whole speech, or did you have that ready to go? Uh, Well, I knew the points I wanted to make, but I didn't write it out because... Really? I wasn't sure what they had in mind. Um, But, look, uh, you know, this has been reaffirmed now by Giuliani and the rest of the crowd. They think it's perfectly fine to take help from a hostile foreign power, um, to welcome it, to build it into their communications plan. They don't view that as collusion. They view that as just smart right. politics. I think it's unpatriotic. I think it's, um, I think it's scummy and yeah, wrong. I think most of the people do. Uh, um,
2: but, I mean, the Mueller report is, at the end of the day, you know, that firecracker that you know, goes up and then the one that fizzles. You know, oh, look, uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you guys relied too much on that?
0: Look, I-, I was always of the opinion, number one, that the Office of Legal Counsel opinion that you can't indict a sitting president was wrong. Oh, good. Uh, that, in fact, you can indict a sitting president. Uh, you, I think there are prudential reasons not to try someone who's the president of the United States, but particularly when there's any risk of the statute of limitations running if the president commits a crime, they should be indicted, uh, and you should stay prosecution. So... Um, but, but, frankly, I had no expectation that that would be the course Mueller would take, uh, even if the evidence supported it, because he is fundamentally conservative. And I don't mean left-right conservative, but he was going to follow the established policy. He was not going to make new ground. So I didn't think it was realistic to expect that he would indict the president. Um, And those that did, I think, were unrealistic in their expectations. Uh, But I I do think he laid out what we needed to see, which is that the Russians were engaged in a systemic effort to interfere in our election, that the Trump campaign welcomed it, embraced it, built it into their plan, made full use of it, lied about it, covered it up, uh, and then obstructed the investigation into it. Uh, And if we had any doubt before um, about this president's fitness for office, there is no doubt remaining. He is unfit for the presidency. Well, but 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 this was our big gun.
2: Now it just looks like you're stalking him. Uh, I, I think in the eyes of the people who don't follow it that closely, which is most of the country, was, here's the thing about Bob Mueller. He's like the last Pers- maybe the last thing in America, that left and right agreed on. Left and right basically agreed. This is a guy of honor. This is an honest guy. This is an honest broker. Whatever he says goes. Americans are not into details. Don't read it to me, Bob. Just give me a thumbs-up, a thumbs-down. The fact that he was like, well, I, I don't... How, if, you yeah. if you couldn't impeach before, how are you going to impeach after?
0: Or should you? Well, Were you on that? Yeah. Um, I'm not there yet on impeachment. Um, I may get there, he may get me there. Uh, but here's, here's the, the awful dilemma that we face. If we don't impeach him, um, that sends a message that this kind of conduct, this obstruction of justice, this kind of willing uh, use of the help of a foreign adversary, all the lies and cover-up, that this is non-impeachable. At the same time, if we do impeach him, and he is acquitted as he would likely be acquitted, then the message is those are not impeachable offenses. Um, At the end of the day, Bill, there's only one way to deal with this problem, whether we impeach him or not, and that is to vote his ass out of office. Um, um, uh, I I do think that... uh, I also think there's one thing that the country... Um, is united on, at least the majority of Americans, even if it's not Bob Mueller or in the report, and uh, was summed up by my 91-year-old father, uh, who said that uh, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, he's probably a crook. Um, And I I think people... I think people recognize whether he could be indicted or not, um, that His conduct is uh, unethical, uh, probably uh, criminal in terms of at least the obstruction of justice. Uh, And we have in our power, even if we don't have it legislatively because the GOP in the Congress um, will do nothing to stand up to this man. There is no patriotism left in Trump's GOP. But we have it within our power, we have it within our numbers to turn out and vote him out of office. Uh, and we showed and... we showed the power of that in the midterms. Uh, and the bigger the repudiation of him at the ballot box, the more it says to ourselves.
2: Well, I, okay. So as the only Democrat not running for president, yes. Well, what what you... time is it? <laughs> yeah. I,
3: I still have time. <laughs> What well, were well, you, 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 you talking about,
2: you? No, no, you, you, would, you would do well. I mean, you'd jump uh, uh, close to the head of the pack. But so what is, what is your advice? Because all week what I heard was basically two ideas that, uh, especially after Joe Biden said what he said yesterday. Now, Joe Biden's view is Trump is the issue. The other ones are like, let's stop talking about Trump. We talk about him too much. We want to tell people what we're going to do for them. Yeah. Health care, environment, the, those kind of of kind of issues. For example, you. I've seen you on TV a lot in the last couple of years. I know everything you know or that you tell us about the Russian situation. I don't have a clue what you think about health care. I've never heard it. I don't know whether you're for Medicare for all or or improve Obamacare or or get a chicken. I I don't know what...
0: (laughs) I I don't know what... Here's what I was telling my colleagues, um, and particularly these wonderful candidates we had running in the midterms, don't talk about Russia. Um, You're not going to persuade people to vote Democrat or Republican based on Russia. But what about Trump? I get asked about it because, you know, our investigation for the last two years was the only investigation into what Russia did. Right. And people ask me about it. But what I urge the candidates and what I urge our nominees to talk about is how are you going to help American people put bread on the table? How are you going to help them provide for a secure retirement in an environment which people don't stay in the same job their whole life, uh, in a job with globalization and automation, how do people uh, get health care, how do they keep health care when they go from job to job, how do we help young people afford college? Um, those are the things we need to be talking about. We are in the midst of two revolutions right now, either one of which would be phenomenally disruptive. Uh, the two put together are just producing this cataclysm of xenophobic populism around the world. And it's the revolution in the global economy uh, through globalization and automation when millions are losing their jobs through no fault of their own. And it's the revolution in communication, which is every bit as significant as the invention of the printing press, but it happened overnight, where lies travel faster than truths, where hate goes viral, uh, and you put those two things together and it is a combustible mix. Uh, And addressing those challenges, uh, talking about how in this environment we're going to put people to work, we're going to deal with this yawning gap between rich and poor. Uh, We're going to make sure that whether you have one job in the morning and you drive an Uber at night, that you have health care at the end of the day and a retirement at the end of your career. That's, I think, what we need to be talking about. Uh, And I'll tell you who I'm behind in 2020, and I'm behind them heart and soul. Any living adult 2020. Um, Anyone who gets the nomination, we all need to get behind, whether we were for them or not
2: for them. I'll let you go, but I see. Uh, I see you going on Fox News.
0: Well, I, I had some good encouragement from uh, someone very close Everybody's to going you. on Fox News now. All
2: right, love it, Adam Schiff. It's okay. It's okay when you're here. All right, thank you, everybody. Let's meet our panel. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Robert. There He's a CNN senior political analyst and author of Washington's Farewell, The Founding Father's Warning to Future Generations. John Avalon's over here, John. She is the director of progressive programming for Sirius XM and co host of Signal Boost on Sirius. Elena Maxwell. For the first time. He's the president of Americans for Tax Reform. Your credit never changes. Year after year. Grover Norquist, the president of Americans for Tax Reform. (laughs) He's just a message. All right, don't forget to send us your questions for tonight's Overtime. So we can answer them after the show on YouTube. I want to ask that same question I asked uh, Congressman Schiff about Joe Joe Biden's taking a different tack. He is taking the tack. Trump is an existential issue to our country and let's talk about that. I think that's the right issue, because it is the same as what, what are you going to do for people? Get rid of Trump is what you're going to do for people. I don't see how that's a different issue. What do you think? Uh,
4: look, that is the big issue, and he's saying, look, you go values first. He believes Donald Trump is disfiguring our democracy. You need to stand for return for decency, and then you can get into policies later, where I think gets folks get in trouble. Folks on the far left are starting to play into Donald Trump's re-election playbook. You know, who can out-radical, out-socialist the other guy, and that's a recipe... Uh, for getting Donald Trump reelected. So I think it is the right way to approach uh, a- an opening bit.
5: I think there's an argument to be made that strategically, um, the big picture, it's not a good strategy long term. But in the short term, it is, because he baited Donald Trump. And today, Donald Trump came out and defended, saying Nazis were very fine people. And so I think, in retrospect, Joe Biden did the smart thing by leading with Charlottesville and essentially baiting who, the but, president into doubling down on the fact did, that who, Nazis who, were whose people. Whose
2: mind is changed by that? We I knew, think, a, well,
5: we knew we change, knew he
2: said that years sure, ago. Sure, it
5: may not change the people in his base's mind, but the midterm elections are a reflection of the fact that the American people, the majority of us, are not okay with a presidency. Well, he, he
2: did win there. the Senate it in the midterms
5: in red states
2: okay well we have to win some of them to
5: win the election sure but i I would say that Uh, if you if you are a person who is trying to get racist to vote for you then that that could be your strategy and maybe donald trump is the person for you but i would say the vast majority of the country and certainly people that are not white do not think that's a great idea
3: i think they're already in the camp yeah (laughs) hillary ran on not trump and it didn't turn out as well as she might have hoped if Biden has two choices, either to say "vote for me, I can win," or to move steadily to the left to compete with everybody else, it's better to go with the "I can win." The challenge is uh, whether the Democratic base is willing to hear that. Whether he just gets pushed further and further into gasoline taxes and middle-class taxes and other things that he'd rather <laughs> it's not. Always do. <laughs> by that the taxes, yeah. it's yeah. always
2: about to, this guy is
3: on oh, message, but. All right, so let's, let me
2: ask about the women issue. You know, it was a lot about Anita Hill mm-hmm. in, the, yep. in the news the last couple of days. Because, and, you know, I'm a guy who is always saying that the Democrats apologize too much. Because mostly they do. The Anita Hill one, I think, is the exception. Mm-hmm. That, that lady deserves a real apology. Oh, yeah. And, and it took
5: him 28 years.
2: And he didn't do it.
5: Right. Yeah. That's Until I don't he's get about corrupt.
2: Why? Why don't get it over? Because it's going to happen. They're going to torture it out of you. They always do.
5: It, I think it may have been pride in this instance. Maybe he just didn't want to go there. Um, and I think it is a bad look that right yeah. before he announces, he, he calls her. So why
2: aren't the women in the race doing better? I mean, I looked at some of these yeah. polling results. I mean, Joe Biden has twice the support from women, 37% uh, in Iowa, I think, than, mm-hmm. than all the women combined. Yeah, I mean, he's
4: also leading in the African-American vote with two African-Americans yeah. running in the race. Look, I-, I think it has less to do with sexism than the fact that Bernie and Biden have run for president before. They've got established bases in the yeah. party. Um, and, and you know, you've got, you know, Elizabeth Warren's running, a I think, energetic campaign focused on policy, but she's not even popular in her home state when it comes to running for president. Um, I think Kamala Harris is in a very strong position down the field. I think she's in the top tier of the candidates, but she came out of the gate really strong and she's faltered a little bit. She's, you know, the retail politician of it. I think, Corey, you know, if this is going to be worked out but i don 't think it's it simply can be written off to sexism
3: I think it 's about you know its name id right now i mean biden 's up there as you said, and yeah. uh, Saunders has run before, even with the kids the millennials this like what I'm Joe. Saying. what what
2: what has he got i, I mean I well, want him to be Trump if he's the guy, but I, I don't feel this fuzzy toward him.
5: I, I think people, you know, think of him nostalgically because he was Uncle Joe in the sunglasses, you know, the sidekick to the cool president, Barack Obama. Um, so That's there's just, a little yeah. bit of that. But I but I would say that while it's not true that it's only sexism, I think there is a lot of sexism, sexism at play because there's no reason why Pete Buttigieg, as great as he is... Um, should be ahead of qualified senators who are putting out policies and actually are energetic. I, I think that the narrative that the women are not exciting on the stump and they don't have charisma, that is sexist as well, because... Only men have one for president. We only have one example of what that looks like.
2: Why is Pete great? I'm just asking. No, I, I, I think... <laughs> he said as I great think, as he is. I, well,
5: I think he's authentic. I think that people yeah. really are resonating uh, with some of the things he's saying. I think he's taking it to the Christian right in a way that we haven't seen from the Democrats before. And right. I think that's refreshing... But he doesn't have the experience to be the president now, of the United States. Let's little, just be real about I that. I
2: agree. A little young. Yeah. T-
4: typically, sure. mayor of the fourth largest city in Indiana, <laughs> yeah. not going to be surging in the polls. But right. look, he has authenticity. He also scrambles a lot of the definitions, and it's important, right? He is a pioneering candidate to the extent he's, you know, the first openly gay married candidate running. But he's not running as a gay candidate for president. You know, he's running as a, a, well, a so far, it's a lot president. about that, right? Well, no, but but I think that's actually a lot of people projecting on him. He's much more likely to talk about service in Afghanistan, and I think that speaks to. A real unmet need in the country to bridge a lot of the divides, mm-hmm. right? Because right now we do have a parties who are divided by religion and race and region, and that's really dangerous for a republic. So, so we got to we got to heal those
2: divides. So Bernie Sanders got booed. He went to the She the People forum,
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay, and they asked him about demagoguery in the Trump administration. He said, "I will do everything I can to help lead this country in a direction that ends all forms of discrimination." Boo. Really, not good enough. Okay. Then he said, I was actually at the march in Washington with Dr. King back in 1963. Boo. As somebody who actively supported Jesse Jackson's campaign in 88, as one of the few elected white people who did. Boo. Only fucking Democrats do this. I swear to God. I'm going to
5: push back against that a bit. Really? The, The women in the audience wanted to hear specifics, and Bernie Sanders did not answer the question. That's what the booze were for. He when does a politician the, he, ever he, well, answer a question? But he was at, at the forum. The other candidates, okay. Elizabeth Warren, Kamala that, Harris, that, that Julian like... Castro, all of them, you know, came out with specifics of, here's what I'm going to do to solve that problem. When he was asked specifically what he was going to do for black women, okay. he couldn't answer specifically. He was like, I'm going to be great for black women. It'll be great. But how, Sway? How are you going to do it? And he never gets what, to what that should point he have in said? the answer. What's... I think he needs to talk about specifics. Like, like
2: what? What was the right answer?
5: Let's talk about pay equity. Let's talk about discrimination. Let's talk about making sure that families, no matter where they are, no matter what color, have quality education, access to affordable health care, all the other issues that Democrats it's, talk about, said, and I tailor it. Do
2: everything I can to, to help
5: constituents
2: lead this country here. in a direction that ends all forms of discrimination, gender yeah. uh, discrimination based on sexual orientation. It sounds like you're demanding
3: he say the exact words that are in your head.
5: No, I'm, I'm demanding that he speak in more than platitudes. Yeah,
3: but his point was the reaction okay. from the crowd. Look, if you build a political party based on identity politics, then you've got to manage that. Yeah, I but mean, no, have, no, w- w- why is identity politics? Is I, believe, a form of I believe identity politics. Too.
5: Identity politics are essentially civil rights. The po- except, political, except the political, shouted down if you me, don't The say political right. system in this country has has been the default. What do white men think? What do white working class men think? And now that we have more representation and the electorate, we're going to be a majority-minority country in 2046, and so okay. now but, we actually have to have representation that reflect you, the you electorate assu- you're and talk about the issues and how they impact people of colour. You're assuming people, people color.
3: vote based on the colour of their skin? That's no, I'm, rather I'm, odd.
5: No, i I'm saying that people vote based on the policies that will specifically target the issues in their communities. Here, here's and so mo- issues affect different groups of people jobs, differently. Jobs,
3: growth.
4: Yeah, well, but that oh, okay. Donald Trump, right. did right. Donald Trump didn't win because of economics. I like Look, jobs, Donald Trump, I like Trump ran in part because so do he, people. He, he pursued. Black
5: unemployment is double white unemployment, even under Donald Trump. Why is that? What policy could we <laughs> do to fix that?
4: Oh, Donald, Trump, Donald Trump, 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 Trump actually Trump. rallied around because he actually played a white identity politics card. Exactly. And he actually used, in some ways, that, that exactly. move on, on the right. And, look, in terms of the larger issue of the Democratic Party, even LBJ back in the day used to say, you know, the difference between liberals and cannibals is that liberals cannibals don't eat their friends and family members. There are <laughs> deep <laughs> divides here.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, Obama said it a couple weeks yeah. ago. Cir- circular, circular firing squad. firing squad, yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this, Mr. Tax. Yes, um, there's 20, 20 Democrats running. Mm-hmm. Uh, same switch, same switch as time. the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And, of course, we're still at the, you know, American Idol stage where they're just interviewing all the people and just singing 30 seconds for the judges, so you don't really know who's for real. But they all seem to have, you know, I hate to say it because it's the thing around the Democrats, like the ta- a lot of taxing and spending. Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. Mm.
2: Uh, now, I... Firstly, they, we have a, a need in this country to completely realign how we spend money. Like, I would cut the military budget in half. I think we would still... You could cut that in half and still have the most ridiculous rock with your cock out mass murder machine in the history of the world, and that would free up, what, $400 billion or something like that. Uh, but short of that, uh, the only idea that Democrats seem to have is tax the rich. Um, now, of course, the rich do pay too little taxes, don't you think? Because we had this big tax cut and we have the biggest deficit ever.
3: Yeah. Well, a couple couple of thoughts here. One is the Democrats are not just talking about taxing the rich. That's what they said they were going to do, uh, when Obama and Biden ran. They promised they would never raise taxes on anyone who earned less than $250,000 a year, not a penny. That was Biden's promise in the debate. They turned around, they put a $700 tax on every American who wouldn't buy Obamacare. They put a $2,000 tax on every well, family of four that wouldn't do it. Those were repealed uh, by the Republicans, but seven, those the, the, the taxes... The, that wasn't really a
2: tax, it was a penalty. Yeah, tax penalty.
3: No, was a penalty. Oh, I'm sorry, big difference to a family that's struggling. Come on, Bill. Well, a family if that's family struggling struggling, how are they, they affording sec- health care? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand this argument. That's not the best example the if that's your best example... <laughs> okay, well, they, they also put taxes on people's flexible savings accounts. They raised okay. a series of taxes. Now yeah. they're talking about a tax, a gasoline tax uh, for roads, okay. and a carbon tax on all energy. These are taxes that okay, hit the broad look, middle class. Yeah. All right.
4: But look, look. Some people I mean, don't like what, the broad what, middle class. What, look, what we, what we really <laughs> learned right now <laughs> just, as a result of, of, all, of I mean, all, yeah. all this is that it just official. Republicans only care about deficits <laughs> when there's a Democrat in the White House. That's right. Yeah.
2: And, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, you guys, come on, he's right. You guys, when Obama was president, you were wearing the colonial outfits with the tea bags in your face.
3: Uh, two, two what, you know, well, what, what right. happened to that? Where are okay. the tea bags now that the it deficit matters. is bigger okay. than ever? Okay, and when the Democrats are in charge, the deficit's not a challenge to them. And the reason is that the difference is not about the deficit. The difference is on spending. The Democrats want to spend more. What's changed in America over the last 20, 30 years is not the amount of money that the government takes out of the economy. That runs at about 18%. What's changed is spending has drifted up. The question is, do you want more spending or less spending? And I would argue... Trump wants more spending, spending (laughs) but no raising taxes, which is is why...
5: What are you spending the money on? Right? I and think that that's too. the question. Yeah. Well, right it,
3: now we're spending it on entitlements, which are we don't have yeah, but not, votes on. No, but look, I don't
5: call well, them entitlements. Well, still, yeah,
3: okay, look, well, well, point. we're, we're in such a deep hole... And the, the military benefit. is the biggest right,
5: entitlement.
4: Exactly. They're the biggest <laughs> oh, welfare. Really yeah. But the bill's going to come through, and the next, right. and the next downturn's going to be a bloodbath, and Republicans are going to say, now's the time to cut spending, and Democrats are going to say, no, because we gotta, we got to find a way to invest and strengthen the middle class again problem is, is the intergenerational mission we have to unfuck America is being more complicated because of the fiscal hole we're in, because of the political hole we're in, and because of the cultural divides we've got to deal with. I love
2: that phrase, unfuck America. Alright, calm down for a second. I just want to say, we were off last week, so I did Coachella. Oh, n- not, not the actual festival. I just followed it on Instagram. <laughs> And it made me realize, you know, Instagram, all social, but especially Instagram, it just pisses me off because it's always just people. We have some pictures from Coachella. That there, you know, it's just always people trying to show that they're having a better time than you. <laughs> and, you know, when I'm having a bad day, I don't want to see people having a better time <laughs> than me. <laughs> It's always beautiful people eating dinner at a fancy restaurant. Fuck that. I want to see two fat people eat crackers they found in the cap.
1: That's what (laughs) I want to (laughs) see.
2: And Instagram, like, everybody is always under a waterfall. Fuck you. Show me a woman hosing dog crap off the patio. That's what I want to see. And all these buff, shirtless, post-workout selfies. Here's what I saw yesterday when my water heater broke. Uh, and Instagram, people are always at places like Joshua Tree. How about I like a picture of you at the Dollar Tree? <laughs> I don't want to see people getting lucky at the palms if I'm home, only getting lucky with my palms. <laughs> 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 yeah, An <laughs> Instagram, of course, there's always a lot of those, I woke up like this. <laughs> Fuck, in life there's a lot of, I fell asleep like this. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, my... Least an Every meal is fabulous, especially brunch. Really, here's the brunch I remember in my (laughs) twenties. All right, let's bring out Bob. He is a 28-time Emmy winner and inductee into the Broadcasters Wing in the Baseball Hall of Fame, who calls games for the MLB Network and hosts Studio 42 with Bob Costas. Bob Costas, ladies and gentlemen. So great to have you here. Thank you, thank you. So great, by the way, to hear you do play-by-play of a baseball game. There is no pleasure. I love more than that. You, thank you. you uh, nobody does it like yeah, you. You texted
6: me the other night. absolutely.
2: I listened to it because it's like, I don't know, Jack Parr announcing a game. It's witty, it's elegant, <laughs> there's jokes <laughs> that your broadcast partner doesn't get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> I, I long ago decided that if you and my friends and people kind of in my, yeah, my orbit. sort of orbit, yeah, if they get it and they laugh or yeah. they appreciate it, that's good enough for well, me. Well, there's a lot of downtime in a game. It, it, yeah. it calls for it. Yeah. So
2: you are in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, so great. I got to ask you, though. Um, <laughs> do, you,
6: do, you, do you feel bad that Pete, Pete Rose is not in, but you are? <laughs> That seems wrong, Bob. You know, they messed that up at the beginning. He should have been banned from baseball, but he should have been on the ballot for the Hall of Fame. That's simple enough. But subsequently, while that debate went on, he did so... So many things that made it difficult to support him. Yeah. You know, so many things yes. that made, it was just were unseemly. Because he's Pete Rose. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You can when, tell by the haircut. When, when, you, when you find, when you find <laughs> yeah, out that, that he was dallying with an underage, you know, it's hard to defend. So let's not and go. It has nothing right. to do with all the basics, no, but get... none, nonetheless. Exactly.
2: <laughs> so, but look, whatever I have you on, I was like, oh, good, because especially a week like this, I was so depressed because of the Mueller thing. And I was like, good, get Bob's and we can just talk about sports. Except, you know what? Sports, it always goes to politics. As Sometimes as it yeah. leads politics. Mm-hmm. You know, Jackie Robinson, uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, Robert Kraft making the happy ending <laughs> an issue as
6: it right. finally should be in America. And, and Robert Kraft being in the same <laughs> sentence with Jackie Robinson <laughs> is rather disturbing, actually. <laughs> well, no one
2: defends Robert
6: Kraft, and I feel like I should. Yeah.
2: I don't like his politics. Somebody
6: poli- has to take up the lost causes. I don't
2: like his politics, but, you know, he's a, he, he lost his wife of, like, many decades. Mm-hmm. So he's getting a little love at the place, and, you know, we have to... Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Go with that, So Bill. is anybody, You see anybody, like, today, who's in that league with, with Ali and, and uh, Arthur Ashe, and, you know, people well, who
6: really changed culture, Kurt Flood and... Lebr- LeBron James has tried to step up. You know. uh, Malcolm Jenkins with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Doug Baldwin—they've uh, been—they've been articulate and well informed. Colin Kaepernick uh, certainly, yeah. Colin Kaepernick, hey, that one got applause. Colin Kaepernick called attention to a very important issue and paid for it. He and paid for like it like Ali. He, he did it with grace. The reason I wouldn't elevate him to the level of an Ali or an Arthur Ashe or Kareem, who continues to be a a public intellectual, or Kurt Flood, whom you mentioned, is that every time he speaks, which is rarely, he says something that doesn't necessarily... Oh, yeah. You know, when he says, I "I don't vote because the oppressor will never, never allow you to vote your way out of your oppression, I guess it doesn't matter to him that when he first took a knee... Obama was president. Right. And when he was blackballed from the league, no. Trump was president.
2: He was not helpful in the election because he, no. he said, I remember like tearing him a new asshole about it. He was like, oh, Hillary, she's a racist, he, Trump's a racist, what is it? Yeah. Make, that's... Okay, so we'll talk to him.
6: Yeah, I mean, he, he he did a good thing. He's young. He did a good thing, but right. he did a I good think thing. others can carry it forward right. more uh, effectively. So, so, football.
2: Now, You've talked about. I mean, you were one of the first brave ones to talk about the fact that mm-hmm. okay, this is this is really organized brain damage that's going on here, and we love the game. And look, I'm a libertarian on stuff like yeah. that. These players know the cost, so if they find joy and are willing to sacrifice, we all do stupid things when we're young. I'm sure I'm paying for some of them now. Um, <laughs> but you know, the, the answer, of course, always is well, this was allowed to happen because football is just the ultimate cash cow, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, why is that? Why of the sport? Why do we love football so much more than the other sports?
6: Well, because we're violent. We're a violent people. You think? Yeah, it's once a week. All right, so every game feels like no, a big not. deal. It's, it's Monday. It's a, yeah, Sunday. But your, te- your Thursday. Yes, your team. <laughs> but your team plays once a week. Your team plays once a week. But we watch uh, them all. It, yeah, it's it's ideal for gambling. Then you have your fantasy teams, and it becomes an obsession. Look, when the NFL draft becomes a big deal, like it's some sort of quasi-national holiday. When more people watch the NFL draft than watch really exciting NBA playoff games on the same night or NHL right. Stanley Cup playoff games, something's warped. But some, there is something about the
2: violence. I feel like if, if you are an uh, athlete or a coach and you are interviewed, I noticed there is one word that comes up every time over and over again. And if but that is... Well, if, pretend you're an athlete. Yeah. If I, if I ask you, like, what can you do to get back in the game?
6: What do you have to do? What have you been doing? Taking them one at a time. Uh, aggressive. Oh, aggressive.
2: That's at every single... That's all they talk... We've
6: got to be more aggressive. Aggressive, you know, aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. It's just this the, this... the new head coach at the University of Colorado made a big deal about... The way I grew up with the game, it's all about hitting. It's all about aggression. Blah, blah, blah. And two of the trustees said they could not vote in favor of his hiring. They could not, even though they knew they'd be outvoted, they weren't down with that. They couldn't any longer justify Mm. the amount of money being poured into football when this is supposed to be an academic institution and maybe the values of football are no longer aligned with what should be the values of an academic institution. Hmm. All right,
2: so let I me mean, here's a sports question that is a well, everybody can answer this one because it's really about the whole country. Kate Smith. How many don't know who Kate Smith is? I don't blame you. I barely remember when I was a kid, she was this old bag on TV. I, <laughs> I think I thought she was Ethel Merman. Do we have a picture? Can we probably. Like right, okay, so a I remember, likely. like, Ed Sullivan, she'd be on. Yeah. like, who, who's this corny old bag on the... Bring on Gary Puckett in the Union Gap. What is... The, you know, she, she...
6: <laughs> nice reference.
2: <laughs> in their Civil War uniforms. <laughs> At least it was the Union, but, you know, you never know back then. But, uh, you know, but Kate Smith, God bless America. Okay, right. so it's her turn in the barrel, because they found out that besides singing god bless america which they play at yankee games she sang a horrible racist song in the thirties two of them Mm -hmm. two of them okay but i don't think kate smith was leading the charge to oppress black people i think she was doing what every
6: person did back then rather than write her out of history posthumously maybe (laughs) it should be the proverbial teaching moment where you say look Mm -hmm. these this was not from what we can determine, an overtly hateful person. But it's reflective of how insidious these attitudes were that someone who didn't yeah. think or didn't I, mean I, any harm oh. thought this was perfectly okay, and so did millions of other That's it. Americans. Million, that's what I'm saying. It's there's, like... a, there's a Marx Brothers routine. Are we going to stop watching Marx Brothers movies? a Marx Brothers routine oh. that is punctuated by and that's why darkies were born. Well,
2: that's the song she
6: sang. Yes, yeah. that's right. But right. I... But it was everybody. And, of
2: course, we look at it now and we cringe, as we should. But I think people object when the attitude seems to be, if I was back then, I wouldn't have been acting that way. Yes, you would.
6: Well, not everybody, but a lot Almost of people... Almost everybody. You know, I think we make the mistake of assuming that our cultural moment represents some kind of endgame... game right. ...of sensitivity and awareness. And the truth is that those wagging a finger today... If things keep going the way they are with extreme political correctness or extreme identity politics progressing at warp speed, then those wagging a finger today may be on the other end it, of it, it tomorrow.
4: It's, it's more than that, though, right? I mean, it, it's look, our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, look back and think we were monsters or idiots for something. That's inevitable. Right. Um, and, and I think that's why you got to be real careful about projecting our values on the past while still keeping a sense of moral clarity and teaching like I happen to think mm-hmm. that she does a lousy version of uh, God bless America but I, I think the the impulse to excise uh, artists um, for any manner of sins gets a little a little Orwellian it gets a little bit r- writing them out of history we've got to confront our history the good the bad and the ugly, especially the ugly um, but disappearing it seems really dangerous Thank you.
5: People realize the mistakes they've made and apologize for them. Mm -hmm. I actually accept apologies. No, so so obviously this example is not a good one in that case. But I but I do think that political correctness essentially is just don't be an asshole. That's all we're asking. That's the best. Right? That's the simple that's rule.
6: Yeah. And I, I that's
5: like to be. Right. Well, that's not, how
6: it used to be, I'm exactly. Not, I'm not saying that some used
5: people be. don't go too far. Right. But that's the fundamental thing, is Agreed. like there are things you shouldn't say because that would make you an asshole and you don't want to be that.
2: But Agreed. they I mean they took her they took her statue down, which I don't care. Again, I don't <laughs> give a shit about Kate Smith or if you sing the song, I'm gonna get a hot dog, because I don't even think they should be singing the song. <laughs> they used to sing, take me out to the ball game, right. and then after 9-11 we had to do that. Can we give that a rest? Okay. But but they took the statue down, and I think that Ralph. I've said this before. Ralph Cramden's statue. How long is that going to stay up? Because they get there. It is in front of the bus station. Yeah. He every week. New York he,
6: Port Authority. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Every week he used to threaten to punch his wife in the face if she <laughs> kept annoying him.
5: Yeah. But I. I actually... TikTok Ralph Cramden. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe soon. Hopefully soon.
2: Hopefully, you think they should take that down? Look,
5: I think that, you know... Oh, we come a...
2: on, Ralph Crampton. Well, He's not look. even a real person.
5: Well, what I'm saying is, is that we, we should review... You know our history and and oh. these historical figures that we put up on pedestals, like you know Robert E. Lee, who today the president said was a great mm-hmm. guy, and we don't we know that. I not think true. we should take the soldiers... Robert E. Lee
6: and Ralph Cramden are kind of Obviously a different. different, category. different. <laughs> yeah. Sure,
5: sure, of course, of
2: course. I think we should take the soldiers off, just leave the horse. Okay, because the horse is never to blame us. Blame All right, so I want to before we run out of time. I want to ask about paying for college, because this is one of Elizabeth Warren's and Bernie Sanders. A few of them have the proposal, college should be free. Uh, A bachelor... If you... If you... (laughs) Okay, wait a second. Let me test your liberalism. If you have a bachelor degree, you on average, earn 65% more than someone who doesn't have one. If you have a master's degree, 100% more over the course of your lifetime. So nothing is free, like a free lunch, no. Neither is college. Somebody will be paying for this free college, and it will be taxpayers. So are we really saying that someone who didn't go to college... Should be subsidizing the people who went and got the benefit from going to college
3: and made more money? Is that really a liberal thing? And that's an incredible transfer from lower income people to higher-income people. If you look at the beneficiaries of that right. proposal, it is a huge subsidy right. to higher income people. And if you're out buying votes, you go with the people you think are gonna vote. <laughs> that's you what you call the it. Cash. Yeah, the sugar the sugar lobby is out there too. You could feed it all. I mean that's that's hopefully what we so can get away but, but, from. But unfortunately, that's not that's our the version of just
2: are. funneling the money to the rich people.
3: We,
4: we, we've had we've <laughs> massive increase in the cost of college. Right. Debt has become crippling for a lot of folks. People profiting off that stuff. You, you, is it right to have, try to make it a little easier? Sure. But what I what I'd rather see is a, actually expansion of the GI Bill and incentivize a broader vision of national service that's not just the military, but parks teach for america and then you get and then you get a, a a reduction in your in your loan loan forgiveness or your college tuition that's a kind of broader policy that can unite the nation focusing <laughs> on but that
2: I, rather I, than a free lunch but i'm just asking it doesn't seem like something liberals should be for they should be for the poorest people same thing with the mortgage deduction that hurts renters yeah. mm-hmm. poor people rent yeah And yet, Mm -hmm. we're subsidizing the people who own the home. Well, I
5: think in terms of the distinctions between the plans, like, I don't like free college as a message because it makes it seem Mm. like everybody gets it. And we know that when we say free and everyone, that means black people. And so usually those (laughs) kinds of plans die on the vine. Seriously. Um, And so I think that, you know, when we're talking about these college plans, it's more about the debt-free college piece of it. You know, what are you going to do? What tax... Taxes can you raise on the wealthy to pay for these things? Because you're, you have kids making a decision at 18 years old to take up 200000 dollars in debt. And basically, you can never own a house, uh, ever, if you have that much debt. You're going to be renting forever and ever. That's why millennials, older millennials like myself... Uh, we have different plans than some of the older generation, and they don't understand why we won't have kids, we're not getting married, we're not... Because we have so much debt. Right. And I'm not saying that you you shouldn't... You're not taking that on when you enroll in a higher, uh, an institution of higher education, but I did have a decision between going to a state school and going to a Tufts University, which was a better school, and I chose the one I wanted to go to, but somebody probably should have and directed if, me towards a school giving me a scholarship.
2: And if you paid off... And if stuff. you spent 18 years or whatever yeah. paying off your college debt, and then they turn around... And make it free for the next guy. You'll be okay with that.
5: Well, look. I think that what I, you know, if I if I choose to <laughs> have I'd kids be or family, med- <laughs> well, fi- well, I I wouldn't be pissed because I don't right. I, I don't necessarily look at it as like, well, I didn't get that benefit, so the people coming behind me should mm. not. I don't think any of us as pro- true progressives feel that okay. way. We're for changing things to make it a little bit better.
2: Final question. <clears throat> should this came up this week? Bernie Sanders was asked if people with felony records should be allowed to vote in prison. Now, this is not after they're out, which, of course, I think all right-thinking mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. think they yeah. should be able to vote. This is in prison. That Somebody even brought up the example of the Boston Marathon, bomber. And mm-hmm. Bernie, you got to love Bernie. He, he doesn't wilt. He said, I think the right to vote is in- inherent to our democracy, yes, even for terrible people. I assume terrible people means terrorists, and, and this is yep. not... Okay. You don't want to run against that attack ad. But what do <laughs> well, you think you're, about
4: you're, you're, it? I mean, you're, you're setting up the attack ad. This is the problem with, with sort of running into Donald Trump's playbook about right. r- Democrats as radical socialists right. who think the white working class are redeemably racist. When d- when he gets that question and he says, yes, we just got felony voting passed in Florida. We just passed a criminal justice reform. For right. Actually, you know, the Trump administration deserves credit for helping push that through. That is so far afield. You're, you're, you're doing the Donald Trump's work for him.
6: Yep. Full stop. Well, it's a simple, simple distinction. You pay your debt to society, you should be able to vote. While you're still paying your debt to society, it's right. ridiculous to assert that you should be able to vote. Except well, there I'm, are
2: a lot of people in prison who don't belong
6: there.
5: Right, and most of the prisons are in rural but communities.
6: Not the Boston Marathon right. bomber. No, no, in rural you, communities,
5: and, and, and I think there's You're a talking distinction. about violent
6: felons? No, yeah, I'm not. Right. No, 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 what I'm I arguing is for nonviolent you're. felons yeah.
5: having that right, and we shouldn't be counting them in all white communities so that those people can get all of the funding and the apportionment and the gerrymandering when the people who are from yeah. communities like Cities like Chicago are not getting those resources. That is what's wrong here, and that's why this is. Sanders'
3: idea. That uh, Bernie Sanders' idea that anybody who's in prison, including murderers, should be let out, and then he. They actually... Re- Not let it? out. i no. Let out. Be allowed to vote. Be allowed to vote. Presumably in He's to
1: vote. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm from Massachusetts. We
3: used to do that. Okay. Um, we pulled that okay. back. Right. Uh, actually, people in Massachusetts, used, the felons used to vote in Massachusetts. Hurry. Right. I gotta go. Point is, when Martin, when Martin Richards, yes. the eight-year-old that guy killed, gets to vote, then he can vote. Oh. He took away that kid's right to vote for the rest of I his see. life. Okay. And I don't think that the All person right. who killed here, him. Here, here. And one other New person... rules, everybody. New rules. Thank you, panel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. New rule Joe Biden needs a logo that's more, I have a dream, and less off brand footwear.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> this makes me think of sneakers alone. <laughs> Only nurses wear. Joe, your whole appeal is out of date but fun, nostalgic and a little goofy. Like Tickle, the woman's deodorant from the 70s with the long shaft and the extra-wide ball. Ask her aunt about Tickle. Joe Biden and Tickle, you don't have to masturbate with it, but you totally could. (laughs) New rule, these beekeepers in the Gaza Strip have to tell us which they find more irritating. Having to work with bees all day, when you put on the outfit and your wife says, How do you like it? (laughs) New rule, you don't salute the bunny. New rule, Kim Jong-un doesn't have to resume rocket tests like he did last week to scare Donald Trump. He just has to throw his hat.
1: <laughs> <clears throat>
2: <clears throat> <clears throat> New rule, the Michigan mom who won a $78,000 <clears> lottery jackpot by mistake after playing her kids' birth dates and ages But getting the younger one's age wrong (laughs) mustn't beat herself up about it. The important thing is that now you can buy a new home for your older daughter and also (laughs) what's-her-face. And finally, new rule, just because you have a stone face doesn't mean you belong on Mount Rushmore. For over two years, America has had a crazy person in the White House, and for over two years, the Democrats have done fuck-all about it because they were waiting for Mueller. We all sat around waiting for Prosecutor Jesus to turn in his big report. And he came back with, ask someone else. We needed Superman, and we got Clark Kent. (laughs) Trump calls the Mueller report the crazy Mueller report. And in a way, he's right, because it's over 400 pages detailing terrible crimes by a corrupt president. Yet, Mueller does not prosecute. If Dostoevsky had written the report, it would be called crime and no punishment. (laughs) (laughs) Mueller's report is full of buts. Don Jr. met with the Russians, but... Manafort gave internal polling data to a Russian, but Trump obstructed justice every day, but Robert Mueller, he loves big butts and he cannot lie.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Preet Barrara was on Real Time the week the, mar- the bar summary came out, and I had one burning question. Could a different prosecutor have reached a completely different conclusion? And he said, yeah, that's all I need to know. I get it. Mueller's a Boy Scout, a straight arrow. He played it by the book. But you may have noticed for the past three years, we're kind of been off book. And greatness sometimes means not doing everything by the book. Thomas Jefferson made the Louisiana Purchase in 1803, doubling the size of the United States, without any authority to do so. But history called his name, and it said, take the shot, Mav. (laughs) That's what Spielberg's movie Lincoln is about. Even after the Emancipation Proclamation, black people were not free. That required a constitutional amendment initiated in Congress. And to make that happen, while he had a window to make it happen, Lincoln lied, bribed, freed prisoners, even fast-tracked an entire new state into the Union, none of which Mueller would have had to do. All he had to do is what people in the justice system do every day, use the law. To come to justice, not be so restricted by technicalities that the bad guys win. This is why Clint Eastwood never made a movie called Clean Harry. Sometimes it comes down to you. The Attorney General is corrupt. The Congress is dysfunctional. What good is leaving a road map for impeachment if you know a tribal, party-before-country Republican Senate will never remove the president? Bob, your trail of breadcrumbs isn't good enough. We're not that smart anymore. America is an aging shortstop. You have to hit it right at us. (laughs) for you, yes, Bob. That reference that, that was for
6: Nice reference, Bill. Right.
2: <laughs> to me, this report is summed up in the words, Donald Trump Jr. declined to be voluntarily interviewed. So make him.
1: <laughs>
2: was, was he too busy? You couldn't work around his tweeting schedule? And you, tough guy, couldn't get the president's taxes. You didn't follow the money. You didn't interview Trump, we're told, because he couldn't possibly testify under oath without perjuring himself. And that's our problem? It's one feckless punt after another. Thank you. Rudy Giuliani said this week, there's nothing wrong with taking information from Russians. That's where we are now. I lay that on Mueller. From now on, you can meet with foreign governments, invite them to hack your opponents, break campaign finance laws, as long as it's by reason of, duh, I'm plausibly too done to know what I was doing. (laughs) For a guy who didn't want to break precedent by indicting a president... Mueller sure created a lot of new precedents. Because that's what law is, new precedents. It's always evolving. You can't indict a sitting president. It's not in the Constitution. It's not even a law. It's a guideline. Like drinking white wine with fish or not fucking your cousin. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fucking memo. In Watergate, the special prosecutor, Jaworski... Faced a very similar guideline, but he understood the big picture and his role in history, and he sued a sitting president anyway. Mueller could have done that, and the headline the next day would have been Mueller breaks with precedent, indicts Trump, and then that would be our new reality. (laughs) And it would have been a better reality... Because now Trump goes into the election as a vindicated martyr. And hell hath no fury like a whiny little bitch scorned. (laughs) Maybe we should have brought back Ken Starr as prosecutor. At least he knew how to go after a dick in the Oval Office. (laughs) All right, that's our show. I'll be at the Grand Theater in Foxwoods, Matt Shantucket, May 25th, at the Fox in Detroit, June 22nd, at Devos Performing Hall in Grand Rapids on the 23rd. I want to thank John Adlin, Selena Maxwell, Grover Norquist, Bob Costas, and Adam Schiff. Stay tuned for overtime. Thank you.
1: Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10, or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.